because I cannot, you know, write and speak and homeschool my kids and be a support to my husband and make all my clothes, have an organic garden, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right? Like I was not designed to be the end all woman and neither were any of you. And so I think we see this model of all these people doing these amazing things. I mean, I think about Joanna Gaines, right? She's doing these amazing things, but my hunch is she has help. <laughs> I don't think she's doing all those things herself, but she also probably says no to a lot of things too. And so I think there's this temptation to compare, especially in the homeschooling sphere. I mean, with sphere, we were just talking of, there's some moms that do school all year round. And if that gives you life, if that works for your family, great. Mm-hmm. But I hear that, it makes me feel like a failure of like, what's wrong with me? Why do I like want to get done as soon as possible in May instead of June? Welcome back to the Practical Family Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Bryant. Today, I am actually recording this intro from inside uh, one of my local Starbucks stores. I like to come here on days when my kids are busy at summer camp or working at our family restaurant. And I like to come to Starbucks just to relax and mostly to get out of my home environment. I have a lovely little office set up there. I can go to the couch. I can go to my desk. But sometimes, you know what I mean, moms? You just need to get outside of your house because at some point, the laundry and the dishes are going to be calling my name. So if you hear background noise, it's the friendly community background noise of Starbucks. Um, But I'm so happy to be here with you today. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We have just grown so much over these past few years, and I want to thank you for your support. Just a reminder that if you are a regular listener, you have the opportunity now to give back at our Patreon page. We're at patreon.com backslash practicalfamily. And you can join us for as little as $5 a month to be a supporter and support what it what we do here at Practical Family. While our printables and resources have helped to maintain this podcast and the website, um, we're getting bigger now and we need to support more listeners and more visitors. So if you would consider becoming a partner uh, in our Practical Family Patreon community, that would just be a huge blessing to our family and to this ministry. Today we have a returning podcast guest. My friend Katie Reed is back. She is the author of Made Like Martha and the host of the Martha and Mary show. I've invited her back because not only does she have experience encouraging busy moms who love to get things done, but she's got kids of her own that are homeschooled, summer homeschooled, summer school schooled, and uh, she's just back to share her pearls of wisdom as a mom who likes to get things done and knows that not everything can possibly get done. So we're going to have a very candid, very real conversation about what it means to be productive in our home, but also to feel finally good about the things that we are doing. So mamas, if you have just tuned in to this podcast and you're unfamiliar with what we do here at Practical Family, let me just remind you that we are here to encourage you to discover your gifts and to embrace grace. And what I mean by that is that there are so many things we could be doing in this life, right? There are lots of choices to be made, lots of options at our fingertips. But if you, at the end of the day, don't feel good about what God has called you to do or about your purpose on this earth, in your family, with your kids, then where does that need to come from? It needs to come from a heart that is full and settled that you are 
precious, that you matter, that we can handle the very practical things and not do too much or a lot less than what's needed. And we're here to help you find the balance there. And so just live as a whole person. You know, Practical Family is about encouraging mamas where they are and wherever you are right now. You are seen, you are loved, and you are needed. So jump on into this conversation with us and follow Practical Family wherever you can. Reminder that we are on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, and now on YouTube. So you can go anywhere to get that encouragement. Let's dive into this episode, episode 109, You Don't Have to Do It All, with my guest, Katie Reed. All right. Welcome to my friend, Katie. Katie Reed. Uh, Katie's the author of the book Made Like Martha. She's the host of the Martha and Mary podcast and um, show rather Martha and Mary show podcast. And uh, she's she's talk talks about all things doing what mamas tend to do or feel like they need to do in life. And I thought it was just so um, appropriate to invite her and excited that she accepted this invitation to speak directly to you because we've got to talk about what it means to do all the things. Katie, what does that look like or what does that feel like for you right now, doing all the things at the beginning of the school year? Well, this school year is not like anybody expected. I feel like back to school however you structure your year can be tricky to begin with. It's hard period, but then you throw this pandemic in there and I'm a planner, but there's been so many moving parts. We have five kids and our oldest goes to public school, but then our three boys, they do an acad- a homeschool academy two days a week that they go all day. And then we do a co-op. So I have them Monday and Friday at home and they do these other things. So part of it has been waiting to see, are these other things even gonna happen? And if they are, what does that look like? And I was just scrambling to try to find a apology, a science book we needed that was an old edition. It was having like, it was super hard to find. Thankfully it wasn't like hundreds of dollars, but you know, scrambling because it's like, okay, our co-op is happening as of today. And so it's just, I've been holding my plans really loosely but it does feel like there's lots to do, but it's like, I feel like I'm behind the starting gate and it's locked. And so I can't really do them until I get more information. Mm -hmm. So it's just been tricky. And I think as, as homeschool moms, especially when we're first starting out, which I know many, many people are doing that right now that maybe never thought they would be a homeschooling mom. I used to think that as well until, you know, my husband and God were leading in that direction. Like, I guess I better get on board. But um, you can feel so overwhelmed by all the curriculum choices. How am I going to structure my day? How am I going to ever get my house cleaned? Like there's so many things that can feel overwhelming and we can feel like it's all on us, which is just can be suffocating. Mm isn't it all on us? I mean, sometimes I feel like I can't escape the feeling that, wait, should I call my husband to do that right there? Or should should I also handle that thing? You know, (laughs) like, like, sometimes it feels like, well, what other choice do we have? Isn't this our lot in life? You know, like, how would you respond to women who say that? Well, I think about in Titus 2, where it says the older women should teach the younger women to love their husbands and love their kids to be workers at home. Okay. So this can be a controversial verse for some people, but I believe 
this is my interpretation, is we are to know what's going on in our home, right? We want to shepherd our kids well, but I don't think that means we have to be the one to do everything. For example, my daughter was struggling with math, which her dad and I also, that is not our thing. We would rather be creative. <laughs> well, I would rather be creative. My husband would rather do like hands-on things, mm -hmm. um, but that's just not our strength. And so we hired a tutor to help her with her algebra. And I was still like, had made that decision. We had made that decision, but I wasn't the one doing it. So sometimes I think we kind of think outside the box a little bit, or we could, you know, if you can't afford to pay a tutor, maybe you could barter, barter services or talk to another mom. I was just talking to a friend who's an artist. And I said to her, I said, Jean, you should do a virtual art class because there's all these homeschool moms that would love to have some of that lifted, you know, as they're navigating different age kids and all that um, kind of thing. So I think the pressure is definitely there, but I, I do think it does a disservice to our family if we are there everything. <laughs> Because as my friend Jamie Amarine says, she's an author and speaker. She wrote a book called Sacred Ground, Sticky Floors. She says, if we meet our kids every whim with a Band-Aid and a warm chocolate chip cookie, why would they need Jesus? <laughs> I love that. Yeah, we never offer Band-Aids or warm cookies, but I thought that was really good of like, we feel like our job is to be the savior a lot of times and to be Wonder Woman. Mm. But we have to be able to replenish too, or we'll have nothing to mm. Gosh, that's, that, that is so real every day. And that actually answers my first question. Why do you think women feel the pressure to be all this, to, to, to do it all and do everything? I wrote this article one time where I said that I'm every woman, like mantra, the song, the Whitney Houston song, is it actually is does damage when we take it on as truth. Because I cannot, you know, write and speak and homeschool my kids and be a support to my husband and make all my clothes, have an organic garden, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right? Like I was not designed to be the end all woman and neither were any of you. And so I think we see this model of all these people doing these amazing things I mean, I think about Joanna Gaines, right? She's doing these amazing things, but my hunch is she has help. <laughs> I don't think she's doing all those things herself, but she also probably says no to a lot of things too. And so I think there's this temptation to compare, especially in the homeschooling sphere. I mean, with sphere, we were just talking of, there's some moms that do school all year round. And if that gives you life, if that works for your family, great. Mm. But when I hear that, it makes me feel like a failure of like, what's wrong with me? Why do I like want to get done as soon as possible in May instead of June? Yeah. Um, <laughs> there can be so much comparison so then we keep putting that pressure on ourselves. Well, I've got to bake homemade bread and teach algebra and all of this. And if you, if you can do that, great. But that is not how I am wired. Yeah, no. And, and if it gives you life, wonderful. But I will also say that a lot of things give me life that I need to say no to. Like I, I am a natural teacher. I'm a natural like explorer. I want to do a lot of things with my kids. I get excited about finding new curriculum or even when sweet 
wonderful, generous homeschool mamas give away their old curriculum. Like I, I hosted a couple of, of curriculum swaps, you know, and and the the um, intention behind that was to save people money. Right. It's just like, OK, let's be good stewards of our finances this year. And uh, sometimes and I saw a couple moms looking through things and they go, hmm. No, even though it was free, I was like, what a wise, discerning person to say no, even though you can, even though you can do everything. And I love that this was part of even your book too, Katie, when you wrote Made Like Martha. It's like, you know, the story of, of Martha tends to get misrepresented sometimes. Can you talk to us a little bit about that and what and how we can, as homeschool mothers, look at that story in a way that's more freeing than yeah traditionally expressed right so in luke 10 38 through 42 you've got the two sisters martha and mary jesus and his disciples are in their home and mary's listening to what jesus is teaching about and martha i imagine is frantically trying to get a meal ready get things ready for a guest so she goes to jesus and she says jesus tell mary to help me can't you see like i'm doing all this stuff I really wish Jesus would have said, you're right, Martha, Mary, please get up and help your sister. <laughs> Not what he said. He said, Martha, Martha, you're worried and distracted about all these things, but one thing is needed and Mary's chosen the better part. So for me, I looked at that, like there must be something wrong with being a doer, with being a list checker. You know, there must be something wrong with that. But really, I don't think Jesus was asking Martha to be, to not be a doer. I think he was inviting her to this place of peace that serve from a place of peace instead of panic. You know, really the weight of the world is not on our shoulders. It's on Jesus' shoulders. Um, we have responsibilities, but it is not all up to us. We are not the savior. And yes, there are times that we need help doing things. And that's not a weakness. That can be wisdom. But I think he was inviting her to not strive, but to serve from that place of settledness. It didn't all have to be perfect. And I, I would encourage homeschool moms with the same thing. It is not going to be perfect. It is not going to be flawless. Any schooling decision you make is hard. I firmly believe that. So if, if you're questioning your decision because it's hard, that doesn't mean it's wrong. And I think that's a big thing to remember. If, you know, if God has led you to do this, um, it, there's a learning curve there. Don't expect yourself to be an expert if you're just getting started. And I still, we've been doing this for a long time, do not consider myself an expert in it. And there will probably be tears, yours and your children at some point. That is very normal. <laughs> like, you know, it's a learning curve. And I think our kids feel very safe with us, hopefully. And so they let that guard down. They might not cry to their a teacher at public school very often, but they know you're a safe place. And so they might cry over their math homework because it's hard and they know that you care and you have empathy for that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep, we've had some tears. Uh, we're going on about four years now and I, I, I felt even a lot of trepidation about starting a group like this because I felt like I needed to be that super seasoned homeschool mom. I needed to be like Sally Clarkson and all of the wonderful women and who've basically graduated homeschooling by now. It's like, no, you know, we need each other's voices while we're in the midst of it. And 
all this is 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 a platform. It's it's a way to to bring in resources and ideas and things. They certainly don't all come from my brain. I mean, it's wonderful to sit here and talk with you, Katie, about that. Um, I wanted to ask you about your own effort to to look at homeschool for what it is, what it's needed to be for your kids. And how have you started to think about the stuff that you've needed to accomplish in a different way? Like you mentioned, you know, that that to expect pitfalls, to expect years. But how has, has your view of your own homeschooling changed over the years? Well, I was a public school teacher. That was my background. And so I taught in the public school for four years. Mm-hmm. I had gone to private school one year myself and then public. And my husband was homeschooled through eighth grade and then went to a private school. So we had like the full gamut. And what was a hang up for me is that I felt like if I was going to homeschool, it had to look like public school at home. Like, you know, it had to look exactly the same. It was hard for me to make that shift. But I think as I've been able to loosen my grip, you know, a little bit and realize like, yes, this needs to get done, but there are some days that it might be better if we do it in the afternoon, you know, or there might be some days where someone is not feeling well and we change the lesson plan and we read books, you know, out loud. And I think just that understanding God's grace and that the, again, that weight of the world is not all my shoulders. It doesn't have to be perfect. But there was an old homeschool book I read a long time ago, and I wish I could remember the name of it. But they said something. They said, it doesn't always have to be fun, but it has to get done. And I have said that to especially one of my children who likes to have a lot of fun. You know, it's like sometimes you just have to get it done. But then God flipped that saying to me, because I can be intense and serious at times, more times than probably lighthearted. And God said, Katie, and there's also a time where you need to let it be done and have fun. And so I've tried to keep that in mind of like, okay, is this the time that we just need to buckle down and get it done? Or do we need to make this fun and go outside and do a nature walk or do something unconventional? And so I just want moms to realize it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to look like Disneyland every day. And it can look a lot of different ways, which can be overwhelming for people. Some people like just tell me the plan yeah. and I'll follow that. But realizing that I want to, this is something that's helped me. When I think about the word balance, it feels very like, oh my gosh, I'm going to drop a ball. I'm going to mess it up. So I like to talk about being a faithful steward. And so if it's my time to home. I want to be a faithful steward to the people and the lessons and the things God's put before me. I don't always get this right. But then when it's time to do something else, I want to be a faithful steward with that. So stewarding the moments versus just looking at the whole school year and feeling panicked of like, how are we ever going to get this done to faithfully do the next step? And then the next after that, I think can be really freeing. Not that you don't want a long-term plan, but just to hold things loosely, especially with all that's going on right now, to realize like, you know, there might be a time where we need to go help somebody out or we have a sick grandma or grandpa that, you know, we need to attend to. Just to hold those plans, make plans, hold them loosely, and then just faithfully steward each moment. Yes, that that step by step, almost the, like the like the baby steps that Dave Ramsey talks about, 
is what it reminds me of. Um, but holding it loosely actually brings much more freedom than than chaos because someone who needs structure or that mama and I'm, I'm included in that i need a certain structure i can't look at a mess for too long before it's like mm -mm, do this and then we can breathe better you know yeah. there there's nothing wrong with wanting structure but if but when it's ruling our lives it it makes it so much harder harder than it needs to be that's right. what I'm finding. And and really the heart of this particular group, I mean, I, I even have to shift my mind right now from, okay, practical family, we're doing things practically, but no, even more so homeschool mothers, we have got to keep it simple so we don't lose our ever loving mind every right. day because it feels like a lot, but letting go and letting loose and letting it be fun is, is the beauty right. of homeschooling. Yeah. yeah. And I think, too, to remember, it can look like it needs to for you and your family. And, you know, Betty Jo down the street, she might structure her homeschool day differently. Mm -hmm. That you know, covering the basics. And like I said, it's not realistic. It's going to look like Disney World and everyone's going to be smiling all the time. And I think as we keep it simple, too, even a simple schedule. It might work better for some people to do one subject for a longer period of time on one day and then move to the next one. I just, I want to reiterate that point. If you have permission, yeah. you know, make it look a certain way. Um, but also, like I said, to know your personality even with it too, that mm -hmm. it might be that you just need someone to hand you a roadmap. This is what worked for me. And that's what you feel like will work for you and you follow that. And maybe some other people are able to be more flexible. Yeah, yeah. And it's not about the, the shoulds, right? Like just because I did it this way and I'm and I'm helping you. Like we, we can't look at the other homeschool moms in our life like if we don't do what she um, encouraged me to do that I'm letting her down. You know, I think we as women can attach the, the rightness and trying to find the right way to do something to people that we love and respect, or, um, you know, maybe our husband's not wanting to let him down for the decision to homeschool our children or something like that. But it's like, you have permission. I, I love that. I love that phrase, even by itself. Like we, we're grown women and we trust God. The Lord has us right where he wants us to be, to thrive and to love our kids. And we have permission to just to run with that and have fun with that. Um, what would you suggest then for a mom who's coming out of, you know, being inundated by all these expectations, whether she's put them on herself or whether society has, um, how do you, how can we protect ourselves against the future temptation to handle and do it all? Yeah, well, there's three powerful words that we all know that I think can help us as homeschool mamas. They're yes, no, and help. And we want to say yes to those things that God has asked us to do, right? We want to obey him. Um, the decisions are we've made with our spouse or for a single mom that we've made, you know, with maybe some wise counsel, we want to follow God and say yes. So that's the first one. I think hopefully we're good at that, right? Or we, we strive to. The second, though, is no. And there are things that we need to say no to because we weren't meant to do it all, as we talked about earlier. And I don't want to say yes to things just because I feel guilty or manipulated into that or I'm trying to keep up with Betty Joe down the street. 
right? We don't have to say yes to everything. If we say yes to every curriculum that comes our way, we're going to have to buy a, a she shed, you know, to fill it all up. And um, so yes to God's assignments, no to guilt and manipulation and those just, I should because I want to look good to other people. And then the last one is probably the hardest and it's help. And this can be, like I said, maybe you swap services. Maybe math isn't your thing, but someone else can. Could that other mom teach your kids math? And maybe you help them their kids with English. You know, even if that's from a virtual thing you do from across the across the pond. Um, so that's one thing. And just also enlisting your kids in some tasks. I know for me, I'm really bad at trying to like unload the dishwasher while teaching something or giving them instructions. And for me, trying to focus on one thing at a time, which can be hard for Martha's, try not to multitask. We get school done faster. I'm less frustrated. The kids are less frustrated, but even they can help around the house. So I don't feel so stressed that the house is messy while we're trying to homeschool as well. So they might not do things exactly how I would like them to, right? But I've got to let go of some of that and say, hey, guys, if we're going to you know, do homeschool and have lunch in a timely way, I'm going to need you guys to do some things too, because it's not all on my shoulders. We're a team in this family. So one thing my boys have started doing is I'll have them do lunch on Monday or Friday. And they're, I mean, right now they're 12 and almost 14, but even a couple years ago, they were doing this and we might have nachos. <laughs> we might have, you know, something really simple, but that was something that alleviated things for me. So I could focus on finishing with some of the other kids and it was part of home ec, right? They're learning good life skills and they took pride I and mean, they would complain sometimes, but they took pride in that. And so that was me asking for help of saying, listen, if I do all these things, I'm going to be cranky and stressed out, but you guys are capable of doing some of this. They have a cookbook. They could say, okay, mom, we need these ingredients. And it was just a win win. Um, so yes, no, and help. I think those are three powerful words that we need to utilize as homeschooling moms. And, um, and with our spouses too, you know, a lot of us, it depends on your situation, but I used to wish Adam would teach more subjects. We call him the principal, you know, the disciplinarian when needed. <laughs> Sometimes you have to call the principal. Um, but, you know, just to communicate, you know, with your spouse of things you're doing. And a lot of times they might have a solution that will help, you know, when you're trying to solve a problem too. Yes, yes. I. That's a great, great point. I felt that pressure last year when I was struggling with my daughter with math. And um, getting down on myself, because again, I thought that I should know this too. This is just fifth grade math. Why am I having a hard time with fractions? But I think we all do as moms. So it's okay. It's okay. We all have to relearn stuff sometimes. But I realized that the way that I was approaching these numbers were not working. It wasn't working for the way that she was thinking about things. And, and I had to remember God made our brains differently. And it was such a blessing to have my husband step in and explain it in his own way and work with her and me choose not to feel like a failure because I couldn't teach that subject. But it was very real. And, and I think I felt guilty about asking for help because because this is my job. You know, I should be able to handle it. There's another should in there. So maybe recognizing the barriers even mamas to why is it hard to ask for help? Do you really feel like you're 
placing an extra burden on someone who may be happy to step in and alleviate pressure for you if they're an adult. Why, why not ask our kids for help? Because it's going to take extra time and effort and train, and I'm probably not going to like what they do. Well, like you, what you said, like that, those are things that we can let go of for the sake of our own space and mental health and physical health. And yeah, well, I just encourage those listening, like, you know, you might be thinking, oh, I wish I had a spouse, you know, that would be more involved or would help teach math. But I know of a family where the grandpa actually helps their kids is on the spectrum, the his grandson, and he does like an hour or two a week on Zoom with mm. his grandson teaching him so alleviate some of that pressure from the parents and they have this sweet relationship and the grandpa explains it in a way that he can understand. And so if if you can't find that help under your own roof, like there could be other ways. And especially as we're social distance from some of the people we love, I think it can be hard though, because as the mom, we could feel like, like you said, have I failed? Am I not doing enough? But they mm-hmm. it could be a gift to that person, you know, just as much. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that example about a grandparent stepping in over Zoom. That's wonderful. That's, oh, I love that. That's a, something extra to think about and uh, an option for, you know, if you feel stuck. So mamas, you don't have to feel stuck. You don't have to feel like you have to do it all. Take all of this or all that you're feeling and maybe maybe today practice writing it down. What are all the things I feel like I have to do? That helps me sometimes when I, when I can write it down and see it in front of me and then slowly start the process of elimination, like which things are actually necessary. And what I encourage you to do, prioritize just maybe three main things. Just three, like what three things can I, can I get done today and decide to be content with? You know, thank you, Lord, that we got these three things done. And then everything else will be candy. You know, it'll be, it'll be the cherry on top or something, you know. And ask the Lord, why am I feeling pressure to do this right now? Because we don't have to. We don't have to. And we, as Katie said, we have permission to not do everything we feel like we need to do. Right. Well, Jen, I want to share, I'll share the link with you and you can share it with the ladies, but there's something I created called the all done calendar. And it's just this printout that you can print out. It's pretty, it's blank. So you can use it for any month, but here's the thing. I always fixate on all the things I have to do or have left to do. And God gave me this idea. He goes, what if you celebrated the things you did? So at the, you can do it at the end of the day, you know, each day you could do it in the morning and look back, but basically you just write a couple things down. You did, you know, maybe you got through that math lesson, write that down, or maybe you cleaned half the bathroom, write that down. And so at the end of the month, you have this calendar of not all these things weighing on you, but all the things you actually did that you can just thank God and celebrate about. And when we celebrate those things we've already done instead of fixating on all there's left to do, it just lifts a weight because there's always more to do. And it could even be something you could use with your kids. You know, once they get their thing done, they write that down. And then maybe you go to a special treat, you know, at the end of the month. But I'll share that link with you, Jen, so you can share it with them. Just a free gift from me to you that I hope helps things stay simple and that you don't feel like I don't have to do it all. You know, if there's one thing on there, hey, I changed a poopy diaper. I read aloud to my kids. Great. Celebrate that. (laughs) Right? But they're not small things and they're meant to be celebrated. And they change someone's life. I mean, I know getting my diaper changed 
changed my life. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> That's wonderful. Oh, thank you so much, Katie, for that gift. Thanks so much. And thanks so much for doing this group because I know it's going to help. So it already is. And we'll continue to help so many people just take some of the mystery out of it and keep things simple so that we can get that goal accomplished, right? Of investing in our kids and educating them. You've been listening to the Practical Family Podcast, episode 109, You Don't Have to Do It All, with my guest, Katie Reed. Check out Katie's website and extra resources mentioned in this episode in our show notes. If you're listening on iTunes, you can just go to the show notes. If you're watching on YouTube, they are there in the description, as well as the full video and our blog post with all the resources listed there. Thank you again for listening to the Practical Family Podcast. I so appreciate your love, support, and my prayer is to reach mamas at a very real level where you can breathe easier and embrace the motherhood journey that God's given you. You know, we're all stewards of, of something in this life, and if you're in the stage of motherhood, you have the amazing privilege of raising humans, of learning more about yourself, and about your place in this world. God bless you, Mama. And remember that Practical Family is here to help you to discover your gifts and embrace grace.